The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. This is our maiden voyage here. First out of the gate, uh, From the Forefront is a mission-centric podcast. You may be familiar with our other podcast, uh, Leaders Moment, Leadership Moment. If not, check it out at leadersmoment.org. This particular podcast is going to focus on missions, uh, not just the contemplation, theory, but in the action steps as we are engaged in missions ourselves and hoping to use this podcast format to encourage you to step out and take the next steps if you're already walking in your missions endeavor. This month, we are joined by Samara, a friend for some years. Our previous uh, connections over the years had us in an interview with Samara five years ago, actually. That wasn't a podcast interview, but it was a actually recorded, a written interview. And you can find that on our blog at fxmissions.com. Just search for interview with a former world racer. That's right. Samara was on the race. You've heard of the world race, right? So interesting, curious, so wow world race. Actually, I've met a lot of folks uh, around the race and have met some racers on the on the road, if you will, out in the far reaches of the world. I appreciate their courage as well in stepping out and doing missions. We don't speak so much here about the world race, but this time with Samara, I think will be an encouragement to you as she's acting on her faith to get engaged and is currently on location, not racing, if you will, but on location in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Scott McClelland for your FX missions from the Forefront Podcast. Without further ado, here's Samara. So, it's five years later. Okay. Instead of being 25, I'm 30. That's a difference. Okay. Now I live full-time in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I've lived here for four years now. I am a teacher at a school called School of Promise in Hangdong, Thailand. I currently teach level four English. I had no prior teacher training to coming, and so I kind of learned how to become a teacher, and now I'm also getting my master's in teaching English at a Thai university. And I also opened an art studio, and so I run and teach art lessons in Thai. 
So you actually teach the lessons that you're teaching in Thai? I teach art in Thai because it's about art, not about English. And so okay. I want them to fully understand what we're doing. And so it's in Thai. So okay. I speak Thai. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I speak Thai pretty well. Yeah. How'd you learn Thai? I studied very seriously for the first year, um, mm. five days a week, two hours a day. And then once I started teaching, that went down to three days a week, two hours. And as the years have gone by, it's decreased. But I actually just stopped formally taking yeah. Thai lessons within the last three months. Okay. Just stopped. Okay. But, so I studied for three and a half years and I read and write. But we also, I live in intense community in a house with Caleb and Tracy Lawrence and their kids. But we've also had different Thai people that have lived with us over the course of four years. So that's also really helped mm -hmm. with the Thai language learning. Yeah, being kind of immersed or whatever. Yeah, immersed. Yeah. And we live in Thai community and not in a, like, foreigner community. So there's just a necessity to speak Thai. So that's wow. helped a lot with the language learning. A lot of missionaries live in little pockets of their own nationalism that are exported to other contexts, I guess. Is that what you're inferring? <laughs> yes, that there are lots of little subcultures of missionaries or expats around Thailand that you just can get away with speaking English and not actually seeing any locals. But that's not the context in which I live my <laughs> life. On the picture, on the former interview uh -huh. that was from your World Race, Race page, I think India is right below your face. Yes, it is. What's, is there a story with that? Well, I just think back to that girl that went on the race, and she was so young and sweet. <laughs> young and sweet. <laughs> Positive, not cynical at all. <laughs> and at that time, I had gone on a two-week mission trip to India. It was definitely more like a emissions tour where we were bussed around with the foreigners in the big fancy buses and we went out and just said hey and signed papers because people thought we were movie stars and then got back on our bus and went and lived in our nice hotels but that experience made me believe that I was called to India because it was such a lovely experience and then on the world race that I was preparing to go to India was on the route so uh -huh. I was really excited to get another glimpse of where I would be living for the rest of my life, at least in my in your imagination. imagination. Right. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure there was something with India here, but I did, you know, I would guess that, you know, you would pose with something on the globe. I don't know if other people did this as well, but yeah, yeah um, that was, it seemed like there might be something there. I, yeah, I thought I was moving to India. One thing I will say is the world race, the experiences you get in the country are not tourist experiences. And so my month in India was a lot different <laughs> than my previous experience and okay. yeah. definitely took the glitter off of, oh, it's so magical. It's, uh -huh. not, it's real hard. <laughs> There's some yeah. hard things. Yeah. So. so that was like polarized experiences, huh? Absolutely. Uh -huh. I would, like in my ranking of favorite countries from the world race, India doesn't even go into the top five. Wow. So in that way it helped you kind of get through the 
that imagination. You work through it. For sure. I, I think one of the great things the world race does is it takes away the glitter of being a missionary. Cause I think sometimes we can sit in church in America and listen to the stories from the field and the people sharing, they're going to be sharing the highlights. And so everything sounds so wonderful and beautiful and look at what you're doing for the kingdom. But like the reality is when you move overseas, you, you still have to like do your laundry and talk to people, which is often in another language and figure out life. And it's, it's not glittery. It's mm-hmm. not easy by any means. Yeah. Like uh, the glamour piece but, of it. Yeah. Um, I think that people look at missionaries like they're kind of like rock stars, you know, like this is someone who, if I had the courage to do what I think I God might be calling me to do, uh-huh. I would be a missionary, you know? People communicate to me like that all the time, especially as I'm still, I'm 30 and I'm a single woman. And a lot of people have a lot of, oh, it's just so brave what you're doing. And it's so just, you're just doing such awesome things. And sometimes it's still hard to, for me to receive that. Well, like, yes, I can like say, yes, I have moved my life overseas. I've learned another language. I have adapted to another culture and that is all really cool. But life is still very like common. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. I le- I plan lesson plans. I deal with drama <laughs> of my students. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to pay my bills. I have to get gas. Like life is very ordinary. And a lot of the things that I do, quote unquote, for the kingdom are things that I would do for the kingdom in America. Mm. The context is just, it's in a different language and the people are Thai instead of American. I can see where that would be confusing. I mean, I think the people who are talking or saying those things, like you're mentioning, are not thinking maybe about that life is you're living life wherever you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and that the bulk of life, I think what you're saying is the bulk of life is laundry. Yeah. Having to get up and make (laughs) coffee. Yeah. Get to work and talk to people. It becomes routine, Mm -hmm. but you know, Holy Spirit's still here and Holy Spirit's doing things and using me, but the ways that Holy Spirit uses me are very similar to the ways that Holy Spirit used me Mm -hmm. in Omaha, Nebraska. Like I had coworkers in Omaha that I loved and prayed for and got prophetic words for and wrote encouraging notes for. I do that in Thailand. (laughs) It's just now my context is it's in Thai and I have to go through another language and another culture. And yes, it's harder. Like kudos me. I have learned (laughs) a language, but the things that I'm doing are not all that different than the things that I would be doing in America. It just goes down to like a willing heart. Mm -hmm. I was willing there. So course i'm willing here right interesting that's very cool ready for a hard question sure why does god send people to other countries <laughs> when you think about what you just said i think god just really loves us <laughs> and some this is okay this is just off my yeah off the cuff or whatever. Do it. i think god really loves us and some people are born with this adventurous uh-huh. spirit i feel like i was born for 
the world, the nations, Mm -hmm. certain things don't bother me. I can sit on the floor. I don't need to have ice in my water. I don't like bugs, but like bugs are a part of life. I'm okay with awkward silences and I'm okay communicating with gestures and facial expressions. And so God just gave me the world as a gift because he loves me, but it has nothing to necessarily do with being special. If I didn't go to the world, he'd still be using me in the same ways as if I stayed in America. Does that make any sense? Makes sense. I mean, and I don't think everybody is wired that way yeah and there's nothing wrong with that right stay home stay in america and you're going to be fruitful and god has a lot for you to do with the people around you with your co-workers with your family with your friends so what you're saying i think is not everyone you know the nation that some people are called to is the one they're in yeah and i think really it's just god loves us yeah he wants to use us in ways that we love right (laughs) Part of his design, I guess, was to make us in a way that our love for him would be expressed in ways that he put in the first place, right? So I think that's what you're saying. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I will always believe that Thai people are going to have the biggest impact on Thailand. Thai people are going to be the ones that change Thailand. I thank God that I get this experience and get to be here and get to do all of this. But in the end, like I want to empower Thai people to change Thailand. And so with that said, God wants to use Americans to change America. He has work for you in front of you and Mm -hmm. all around you. you. And I'm a teacher in my classroom. And so like, there's so many teachers, like that's a mission field. Your classroom is your mission field. Right. And it doesn't matter that they're white. (laughs) God God still loves the white people. (laughs) Unless you're in the South, of course, and then they're not all white. (laughs) Increasingly Hispanic, also, you know, a variety of colors. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking Omaha. I guess you're thinking about Omaha. (laughs) Yeah. We have other colors, but we're pretty white. Salt and pepper, but mostly salt. Mostly salt. (laughs) Got some cinnamon in there. (laughs) True, you can get good Mexican food in Omaha, Yeah. Come on, I'm serious. From our previous interview, one of the things I asked you about was your least favorite thing was no spiritual nourishment. Yeah. How is that in your current situation? How do you stay spiritually nourished? That has been a challenge for me even just since the world race. I feel like when I was 25, when I went on the world race, I was at like my peak romance with with God and my relationship with God was really easy, I think, at that point, very just high in the sky. The years following the world race have been a lot harder spiritually, but I think also a lot more mature. So that being said, one of the main things is on the world race, you don't get to choose who you're with and who you're surrounded by. The whole idea of being with people that are like-minded or Mm -hmm. that will call you to greatness or whatnot. I, in Thailand, live with the Lawrences, who are people that I admire, aspire to be like, are like-minded. The community that I surround myself with is much more encouraging and much more spiritually fulfilling, I suppose, is the right word. But there is still a struggle and a learning that I can't get my needs met outside of the Lord. Like, I can't be looking for that counseling, that mentorship outside of Jesus. It really has to come from my relationship with him and other mentors and pastoral oversight and all of that stuff is really good. And I 
I'm so grateful for it, but they're also, they're just people and people disappoint and miss Skype calls and forget to email. And so it has to be, my spiritual contentment has to be within Jesus because he's the only one that's not going to disappoint. Mm, I see. So I think a lot of it has also just come with maturity and age, <laughs> getting older. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're saying too, it might be a description of the process that what you were going through from that really mm-hmm. romantic period or whatever to where you are now was a lot of it was pain. Yeah. You know? And I think that pain, people always want to be deep, right? People mm-hmm. want to, I guess, I represent something very deep in the spirit. You know, people want to be, have spiritual depth. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people don't realize that if you want spiritual depth, pain is probably the biggest vehicle that gets you there. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody says, I'm looking for pain. Right. You know, like, I'm going to be tortured for the gospel, or I want to be in anguish in my heart. People don't say that. People say, let it be, all be easy, and let me be deep. And right. those two things don't happen. Those are not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And they're definitely, over the world race, and then the subsequent years, has just been a lot of pain. <laughs> I would say that my relationship with God is so much less skipping high in the sky. Everything is sunshiny and rainbows, but it's much more stable and much more solid. And I feel like my foundation of who I am and who the Lord is, is solidified. And therefore I'm much, it's harder to move me. It's harder to shake me, Mm -hmm. but I also have I guess just like a lower emotional baseline, it seems like. <laughs> like, like I just kind of, I'm, I'm, still, I'm a dramatic person. I still have ups and downs and I'm very like, I love the drama. But when it comes to just relationship with Jesus, things are a lot more stable. And I think that come, is because I of all the pain yes. <laughs> probably and learning that yeah. a lot of disappointment, I think too, a lot of disappointment and having to forgive and work through and get over my codependency and, Sure, there's still layers of codependency in there to get over, but would you feel like if you look back at where you were five years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some good things there. I mean, obviously you were on your way. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. When you look back one year, three years, five years, mm-hmm. do you feel like you've made progress? So it's cliche. I feel like a completely different person. You show me that picture, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what a sweet little girl. But that little girl, she doesn't know what's coming for her. Yeah. No, I, just, I feel like a completely different person. Much more confident person. I definitely grew in confidence as a result of the world race. We kind of talked about this, but mm-hmm. how... After the world race, I felt like you can set anything in front of me and I will be able to do it. There is nothing I cannot do. I might not do it the best, but I can do it. But that has grown into confidence and assurance and a stability of I'm God's daughter Mm -hmm. and I can do this. I can, Mm -hmm. and I can do this well. That's not the way you said it five (laughs) years ago. No. Yeah. So that's awesome. Before we talked a lot about the race and and mainly what we talked about was the race, I think. Mm -hmm. Of course, we talked a little bit about the race since I've been here. Let's think about you're talking to that girl from five years ago. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm thinking of someone 
your description of yourself reminds me of someone mm-hmm. who is right there. Yeah. What do you want to say to that girl? I want to say, don't be so scared. I had so much fear of man. I was so insecure. <laughs> really looked down on myself, I think, even for being young and for being single and for being a girl, which is horrible to say those things. But you were I, surrounded by your own criticisms, it sounded like. Yeah. On every angle, you were... Uh huh. So I didn't think that I didn't have anything worthwhile to contribute. And I think it's really interesting that I'm still young and I'm still a girl, (laughs) even though I lived in Thailand, still a girl, still single. But I am so grown in who I am in the Lord that I have meaningful things to say. I am valuable. My voice does matter. And if I had this confidence, going in uh-huh. to the world race, my experience would have been completely different because I'm no longer so shaken by the opinions of other people or worried about what people think. And I can just do what I feel like God is telling me to do. So I don't know what I would just say is listen to God listen to that still small voice inside of you. And don't worry about the people around you. There was something right there. Did you feel it? <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> Okay, so that's what you would want to say to that girl. One last thing, Mm because we got a ton of content. Mm -hmm. It'll take me a year. (laughs) Let's look forward five years from now, 10. Yeah. What do you want to say to that person? It's okay if you're still single. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want to say? I think so. I think that's the main thing for women. It's funny because I'm, like, talking to myself, but, like, it can be so scary to make the decision to leave your culture as a single girl because you think that you're never going to get married, you're never going to find anybody, and your life is never going to start if you don't have that man. And that's just bullcrap, you know? (laughs) But I struggle, you know? I I still struggle with it myself. And so, you know, 10 years down the line, Samara, if you are 40 and still single, Samara, it's okay. And God is going to be using you and don't be scared and don't be insecure about your singleness. I just go for it. I made a promise to God that I would never be held back by being single. And I feel like I've done a good job, but I hope that I continue (laughs) to do a good job as the years keep going on and on and stop, never stop going on. (laughs) If if people we're wondering if there's some drama in there. There's, there's oh, there's so there's much there. drama. <laughs> Boy drama does not go away. <laughs> this podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Mission Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the Ethics Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about Ethics Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their forefront 
missions, experience, or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.